Hey y'all, welcome back, or welcome. This is Talking Shit with Deja, where we drop the eye because not only can I talk my shit, but I want you to talk your shit too. Hey! So, we're on episode three, and in the midst of me trying to figure out what I want to talk about this week, I was like, yo, you have learned so much about yourself. So I kind of wanted to like start off with talking about like one of the most recent things that I've learned about myself and that's my attachment style. You know, like when I was in college and even high school, because we had psychology class, we kind of learned about attachment styles, kind of glazed over them. And you never really thought about them, I guess, especially for me, because I hadn't started dealing with like the opposite sex of people or like getting into relationships and everything. Yes, I was a late bloomer. So I wasn't really dealing with people. So I didn't necessarily know what my attachment style was and how it was going to play a part in me when it comes to being in relationships and things of that nature. I mean, even for some people, attachment styles can affect like your behavior at work or, you know, friendships or even just family because that's kind of where it starts. But for me, I've seen it play out the most when I'm dealing with other people, like opposite sex-wise, relationship, situationship, you know, all this stuff in this day and age. But I've seen it come out the most in those dynamics. So I kind of just wanted to like go over attachment styles or more so the insecure attachment styles because like the secure one is like, I can tell you about it, but it's the most healthy So it's like, I'll tell y'all about it just because, you know, you should know what you should be looking for or what you should aspire to be, I guess. So I'll like glaze over it. But I do want to mostly focus on the other three. And those are insecure attachment styles. And the reason why I want to focus on those is just because within the Black community, we are literally raising insecurely attached people. And... Yeah, like all of the insecure attachment styles are the reason why we have such a hard time maneuvering throughout life and, you know, just being social because we're either anxious with people when we meet them or like them or come across them or we're avoidant which means that you literally just shut the fuck down and you don't even want to let people into your your space of vulnerability or we're a mixture of both which is let me look disorganized (laughs) we're like disorganized which means that you have both so at times you may be hella anxious about the people that come into your life but then you just randomly shut down because something uh, in the past would have caused you to have like no trust in people but you want to be around people so whatever we're gonna go over all three because it definitely helped me when I found out because I'm anxious (laughs) and I'll tell y'all about that later but I'm an anxious attached person and when I actually read what that looks like I was just like oh that's me right though. That is me. 
and it makes sense and it starts to place puzzle pieces in the, the spots that they need to be so you know how to maneuver throughout life you know who to maybe avoid how to set up boundaries you know how to advocate for yourself if you know what your attachment style is but i think within the black community or maybe within any community who knows but especially within the black community a, a lot of people probably don't know their attachment styles because not everybody is in a psychology class learning about attachment styles like that's a once in a lifetime type of thing you know so it's just like, I kind of want to pass along the information of what I was able to come across, what I was able to learn about myself, and maybe help you kind of learn some things about yourself or give you the website that I went to to get information where you can learn more, just so that you have a clearer direction. Because of course, last episode, when we was talking about what do you need at your table, you know, it's identifying what are you lacking? What are you bringing to the table? And an attachment style is something you're bringing to the table. Like I said, I'm bringing anxiousness, which in the previously uh, video, I said, I need somebody that can help me with boundaries because I am going to be bringing a bit of anxiousness, meaning that I have to put forth a guard to where I'm not overly thinking about stuff that doesn't need to be overly thought about or not even just that overextending myself because when you're an anxious person you don't want nobody to go nowhere so then i'm learning not to overextend myself to to people either and that's another thing with boundaries so definitely want to just pass along some information we're gonna talk our shit on attachment styles today and you know Hopefully by the end of this video, maybe you can let somebody know that you have the same attachment styles, kind of give them advice on how you were able to cope through your attachment style. Or maybe you just said, dang, I learned something I ain't know before. Who knows? But let's get started. Of course, we're going to start where I'm more proficient in, which is the anxious attachment style. So... And when you see me look down on YouTube, you'll see that I'm looking at my laptop. It's just not in the camera, but yeah, I'm reading, but okay. So with the anxious attachment styles, you're going to develop that um, within childhood when you have parents who are kind of inconsistent in how they emotionally open up to you. Um, it says that sometimes the parents will be supportive and responsive to the child's needs and that other times they will be misattuned to the child. And when I could tell y'all, that was me, like, factually. Like, there would be moments where, you know, I had mom there to definitely hold me close and make me feel all right. But then there would be times where it's just like, dang, you a crybaby type shit, like, damn, wait a minute, calm down, <laughs> like, damn, you just had my back not too long ago, but now it's you dramatic and all this other stuff, so it's just like, come, wait a minute, so it's just like, it's basically uh, where the child feels like their needs are being met inconsistently from the parent, which is what caused them anxiousness because you're always overanalyzing everything. Like, are they gonna check on me? Are they gonna leave me stranded here, confused as shit? Like, you just never know. That's that's the thing about the anxiousness is we don't like never knowing shit. 
if you ever came across an anxious person, you got to give them the rundown because they don't like for their mind to go a thousand places. But that's where it's going to go when you have been left to figure it out type of thing where one moment you have a direction and then the next moment you're dropped like a, a hot potato. Like, <laughs> so it's like with an anxious person, their mind is constantly overanalyzing everything because as a child, they possibly had somebody who was there one minute and attentive and everything of that nature. And then the next minute they were telling you to suck it up, get it together and all this other stuff. So it's like one of the biggest things that makes it so bad is the inconsistency of it all. Cause again, you just never know. And when nothing is consistent, you're always questioning when it's gonna get on the right track. So your mind automatically races because our mind is our biggest protector or it tries to be rather. So it's gonna constantly be trying to figure out what's going on to get you back to a comfortable space because it doesn't like the mind racing. So, yeah. So how that shows up when you're an adult. Let's go to that. It says something about low self-esteem, which low-key, I'm starting to believe that, right? That that low self-esteem is some real stuff, which I kind of do want to do like an episode of low self-esteem, high self-esteem, all that, because I think we have barely scratched the surface of what self-esteem really looks like. Sometimes we only think it's like looking in the mirror and being able to tell yourself, like, I love you, you're beautiful, and all this other stuff. But it's like... What is your self-esteem like when you're actually dealing with other people? Are you letting people treat you however you want to be treated? Or are you getting treated like whatever they're going to treat you? And it's just like, how are you showing up in life? Definitely, you know, establishes your self-esteem as well. And I think that a lot of people have low self-esteem, which is why they'll take some kind of, some anything. But it's just like you just don't necessarily recognize it as low self-esteem because we're always kind of sharing that it's always something to do with how you look at yourself in the mirror or what you think about yourself. And it's like that's part of it. But now how are you letting other people show up in your life? Are you allowing disrespect? Are you allowing people to just run right over you? Are you, you know, placing these boundaries in, you know, boundaries <laughs> so that people are not overly taking advantage of you and things of that nature? So it says that anxious people tend to have low self-esteem, which <laughs> can kind of make sense. You know, your your mind is all over the place. So as an adult, and I want to say it's probably pertaining to like relationships or maybe even like jobs, but I'll stick to relationships because that's where we're kind of been at is relationships. So it's because your mind is all over the place. You don't know if this person's going to stay with you. You don't know if this person's going to leave you. You don't know none of that. So it's like you're going to do anything to keep this person in your life, whether that be allowing them to only, you know, talk to you whenever the fuck they want to, or when they talk to you, they're giving you very disrespectful, condescending type of, you know, verbiage, or they're just not being attentive to what you need as a person. They're just giving you what they want to give you and you're just staying there because you may be scared that you don't know when the next person is going to come about 
Or you may think this is the best thing smoking. So I'm just going to stay in this situation. It's like, no, low self-esteem is what you may have because that should not be what you're tolerating at all. If those things make you feel bad when you're sitting by yourself thinking about how that person may have talked to you, ignored you, or anything of that nature, that's a that's a big problem. Especially if you, you know, don't necessarily communicate it, which is another <laughs> another trait of the anxious attached person is that they don't necessarily communicate what is wrong with them to the partner to even let them know that something is going wrong because again you never know when when that person's going to leave out your life you never know if what you're doing is going to make them feel some type of way so you keep it to yourself you don't tell nobody what's wrong with you you don't set up those boundaries you don't let anybody know when maybe they have crossed the line or done something that you disagree with, you keep it to yourself because you don't want to rock the boat. Well, that can be very detrimental to your sanity because if the other person never knows that there's a problem, how can they even go about fixing a problem that they don't even know is there? So it's just like, on one hand, you're scared to say anything because you don't want that person to leave. But then on the other hand, it's like, if you don't say anything, they never fix the problem. So then the problem continues to persist. And then now you're taking the heat in the back end because they're treating you in a bad way, but they don't know it's a bad way because you never said it's just a cycle. <laughs> Needless to say, it's very unhealthy, but that is a trait that, you know, anxious attached people tend to have. Again, you don't want to shake the table. You always want to try to keep it consistent on a good basis. And it's just like, is it really good? Like good for who? Good for who? If it's not good for you, then bump all that. Speak up for yourself. You know, if you aren't comfortable saying it face to face, figure out a way to say it, you know, through maybe text message or write it down and pass it along to your partner or something along that nature. But you have to let them know that there's a problem because if you don't, then it's only going to seem like when they walk out of your life, that that was what they were going to do anyways. And it's like, you got to show up for yourself if nobody else is. So let me see if there's any other, you know, traits. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Some more traits of the anxious attached person is um, they seem to come off, you know, desperate, clingy, you know, preoccupied with the relationship, meaning that the relationship tends to be the center of their focus. And I can agree to, with that. Like, I do honestly get really attached to people really quickly. And it's so annoying. And if I could turn it off like a light switch, I would. But I'm, I'm definitely setting up boundaries now, moving very differently. Because when you're aware of something, if you don't move better, you're you're crazy <laughs> or you're insane. What they say, if you continue to do the same thing and try to get a different result, you're crazy. So it's like, once you're aware of your attachment style or whatever the case may be, move a little bit differently because that's how you get better results. So, you know, in the past or previously, 
that desperate clingy all that stuff was definitely there like i needed to text people shit loki is here now but only with old people new people i'm moving differently old people they just got a different string on my heart or whatever but you know, I, I constantly needed to text people. I constantly needed to be in your presence. I constantly need to take up your time because, again, you just never know when that person is just going to leave because the moment that they're not responding or the moment that they're not there, now you're left to wonder, like, what is going on? Like, am I losing it or, like, what is what is happening you're anxious all over again your mind is over analyzing and it's trying to get a, to a comfortable place and this may have come from like again when you were a child when your parent was there for you one moment emotionally then they were completely ab absent you were probably like yo what the hell does my parent not love me the person who brought me into this like onto this earth one minute they was like giving me their whole heart and now the next they're like suck it up get it together like you're so confused so i can understand how it comes out as like when you're in something with somebody you're overly desperate clingy always wanting to be abundant and never wanting them let like wanting to let them go because you never know when things are gonna go bad but it's like whew, when you get older and you learn that people have their own lives and they're going through their own crap, especially within the black community. They got their own attachment styles that are just pulling them in all different directions. You just have to kind of figure out a way to set yourself up for success versus failure. So again, just being like aware of your attachment style is hella helpful. Like when I tell you, I literally had a, a breakthrough cry moment with learning my attachment style. Because it's like, yo, I learned about this in school, but it didn't hit me until I went, really went through it that, girl, you literally are this. But it's learning that you are a certain way so that you can be preventative of getting stuck in the cycle that helps rather than just learning about it, ignoring that you need to set up any type of, you know, help and then just going through life. And then when things keep going in the same direction or you keep getting the same results, you're like, what is going on? It's like, you knew you were this type of attachment style. You could have did this, 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 and this to set you up for failure, but you didn't. Or you didn't stand for a minute. And that's the one thing I'm telling myself is like, yo, when you learned about your attachment style, you're gonna stand firm in these boundaries that you're gonna put up. You're gonna stand firm and opening up, letting people know what's wrong with you. You're gonna stand firm in that because if you don't do it, it's gonna be bad for you, not the other person. They're gonna care less. I mean, unless they care, then that's beautiful. But for somebody who may be like an avoidant attached person, they ain't gonna give a damn. And it's just gonna just feel extra hard on yourself. So it's just like, advocate for yourself at all times though but those are some of the main things with the anxious attached um trait again like i'm gonna um put the website probably at the end of the video just so if you want more information about your attachment style you can 
definitely click on or search the website and go look it up because it helped me a lot to just see it written out that this is the reason why you're this way. And it makes so much sense where you can actually see the research and everything that's been done. So I'll put that there. So the next attachment style, which is, <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people within the black community have either these two, one or the other, but this one right here, a lot of men have this, <laughs> and a lot of women tend to have anxious attached style, right? So then we come together and then one is overly attached, the other one is not attached. It's cause for a disaster, <laughs> but the avoidant attachment style, it basically develops, it says like the caregivers are likely to become more distant as the situation gets more emotionally dense. They might become overwhelmed and want to get out. This is when their unavailability will be most evident. The child expresses a need for closeness, but instead of receiving it, they perceive that the door is shut in their face. Parents whose children become avoidant might not only avoid expressing their own feelings, they might also disapprove of not tolerate any notable display of emotions from their children. So <laughs> if you ever heard a black parent tell their son, you all right, get up, suck it up. You a boy, you don't cry. That's what that is. <laughs> you're creating an avoidant as human being because you're shutting off their emotions at the moment that it shows up, which I dislike. But we definitely elaborate that way more on a whole nother episode. But yeah, like anytime, or even I know there's been a whole bunch of women that have told their girls, like, suck it up. Like, I had to be tough. You, you got to be tough too. Like, because we have instilled this toughness, and I put quotations around the toughness. If you heard it, you heard it, but... We have instilled toughness into our community to where our children aren't even allowed to be human sometimes. Like, and it's funny because there's a whole bunch of adults that run around here and blow up like they're little, like they're big little kids. But at the moment that your child cries or gets hurt or wants to shed a tear, you tell them to suck it up and, and just get it together and be tough. And it's like, Bitch, you just cussed the person out next to you in the car because they cut you off. Like, you just cussed them out, told them to go to hell, fuck you, and all this other stuff. But you're telling your child, <laughs> a little baby that doesn't even know the world yet, that they're a boy to suck it up or ain't nobody going to give you no nothing, so you need to get it together. and. Like, you don't even know how to control your emotions. How dare you try to tell a child how to control theirs? And, you know, I fell into this trap, too, just because, again, it was passed down to me, and it's something that I learned from previous generations. But it's like, when I do catch myself, I, I definitely try to change that because we should not be telling children in which, like how they should be expressing, especially like from ages zero to maybe six, 
when they absolutely have no comprehension of what is going on, when crying is usually their first means of communicating anything wrong with them, that's what they do is cry. A baby, when they're hungry, they cry. When they're sleepy, they cry. When their stomach hurts, they cry. When anything is wrong with them, they cry. And because it's something that maybe somebody told us to shut shut up and shut it, shut it down and stop being so dramatic. Now we pass it on to the children and it's like, that, that's their fucking way to communicate. And, and it's really, it's so baffling to me that we have created a whole generation of people, generations, plural, of people who have literally shut people down from crying. And that's the only way that a baby know how, like baby knows how to communicate. And at the age of six, you're probably telling a little boy, "Suck it up. You're tough. Get get up. Don't cry." Like, excuse me, are you showing them a better way to communicate? Are you giving them different ways in which to express what is wrong with them? Because if you're not, crying is like is going to be their best fucking way to do it. And don't get upset that they're doing it that way. But yeah, that was a little tangent because I kind of get passionate about that crying thing because that telling people they dramatic and doing too much and all that other stuff, that's the reason why we create and fucked up human beings. Because that just, that is, human shit is emotion. And ain't always just logical. It's emotional too. And to shut people down for being who the fuck God made them is really fucking annoying. But sorry for uh, the profanity. I'm usually, I'm usually that bad. But <laughs> yeah, that that's just a passionate subject. But Again, those tend to be the parents that create these avoidant children. So how the avoidant style shows up in adults is that they are they tend to be some of your most outgoing and socially extroverted and all these good good things that come with human beings so like our our men they tend to be charismatic and you know charming and all that good stuff but at the sign of any type of i guess seriousness or you know emotion that kind of wants to seep in we they automatically shut it down like or like get the fuck ASAP. So a lot of guys, they're like, oh yeah, we want to have fun. I just want to have fun. I'm sure y'all don't heard that a lot. I just want to have fun. I just have fun, have fun, have fun. But at the moment that anybody says anything emotional, they shut down and get the fuck ASAP and move on to some more fun. And that's because a lot of people are raised to be avoidant to where like, I don't got a time. I don't got no time for emotions. I never had time for emotions when I was little. I didn't have the luxury of having a, emotions when I was little. So I damn sure don't have the luxury really now of having emotions when I'm older. Like, I don't got time for that. I'm so used to not even being able to express myself when anything is wrong that now I just want to have fun. I just want to live the good life. Like, I don't want to hear, you know, all of that other stuff. And it's just like... Yeah, that's a problem. That That's a big problem. Because that means that you're not attaching. And I love how it's called an attachment style, but you're not attaching. You're not attaching to anybody. 
Like you literally move throughout this life independently and you just happen to come across people. Even you're still independent when you come across people. There's no interdependence within that. It's just independent. You just happen to have people in your life. And that's not the way that you should be living. That's that don't even seem healthy in the way that you should be moving. But like I'd say that is kind of one of the biggest traits that show up in avoidant people is, you know, just the lack of emotions that they have. And then they probably are some of the people that ghost. I don't like ghosters. I can understand them sometimes, but I don't like it. But they're probably, those probably tend to be the people that ghost and just get away to find something else new to deal with, exciting, all that good stuff. But um, yeah. And then the last, oh, the one thing, the last one thing that I will say about the avoiding people is intimacy lacks. And then the one thing I will say about the anxious people is that they like to be overly intimate. So it's just like, it makes sense why we, and <laughs> funny thing, like I said previously, they tend to always attract each other. Like it's always this anxious girl, quote unquote me, <laughs> run into these avoided ass dudes, <laughs> anybody I've dealt with. And then it's just like, I'm overly attached overly ready to do all this stuff and you're just like i just want to have fun and at the moment you say anything emotional deuces because that's not what i signed up for so it's, it's funny because it's like they lack intimacy in a sense of they don't see the need of building that closeness at all and then anxious people we see the the we want to build all the types of closeness. So it's just like annoying because we literally attract each other. So it's just, it's being aware. Not to say that, you know, it'll never work, but the avoidant person has to be aware that they're avoidant. The anxious person has to be aware that they're anxious. And then we have to come to a middle ground to where it can actually be healthy. But if one is aware and the other one isn't, then you're going to have hella problems and it, it does nothing for nobody. So you know be aware and the last one is disorganized i'm not necessarily going to go too much into it the only thing is is like it's the two kind of mix so what from what it says on here is just like it like the parenting that the disorganized person would have gotten would have been inconsistent or none at all but the one big difference is that it possibly could have involved abuse to where the child fears the parent or is fearful of the situation or their safety in some way. So that's the biggest difference between disorganized and the other two is that there was some type of abuse that they would have even either endured or seen to where there's like that lack of trust from the, the child to the caregiver. So it makes it, they said like out of the three insecure attachments, that's the disorganized is going to be the hardest to actually get to a stable place just because you're dealing with two monsters at once. So it's, it's a lot. I definitely will send you to the website to go read more on it. If you think maybe because you might've 
endured some type of physical abuse or seen somebody go through it where you may think that you have a little bit of both and you just want more information, I definitely recommend going to go see that, uh, go to the website and learn more about it. Um, but again, it's really just a mix. The only thing that now is added is the abuse factor. The other two didn't necessarily allude to abuse being anywhere within the dynamic of parent and child, but this one does say something about abuse. So, and then the thing about it is, is like, like I said, it's a mix of the two. So how this shows up in adults is they tend to want to be in a relationship, but shut the fuck down. So it's like, you want to be loved, but I don't want to be loved. Like I do, but I don't, but I do. And you know, it's crazy is I say that all the time. I do, but I don't. So one would think I'm that, but it's like, for them, they really want to be in a relationship, but they have so much insecurity when it comes to if they're actually going to get what they need that they just don't even know where to begin. And then the difference from the other two is like avoidant. They don't even care about the relationship sometimes, like, or majority of the time they could care less about a relationship. And then the extra person cares too much about a relationship. So it's definitely a meet in the middle type of thing where it's like, I want to, but I don't know where to begin type of thing. So, so yeah. And then secure, secure is just healthy. It's just a balance of everything. Like I would go to the actual page and read from it. But if you think about it, if all the insecure shit is all over the place and the parent was there but not there and beating on the children but like then you could imagine that secure is just your parent did what your parent was supposed to do which is give you balance where they attended to your needs they might have explained why they didn't give you something but didn't just you know completely just not give it to you or you know anything of that nature it was just balance is secure attachment and it's it's the healthiest and it's probably very rare within the United States to see secure attached parents or parent-child dynamics, which now with mental health being prioritized, you might see it more now. <laughs> but previously, I don't think people had time to really focus on being securely attached to their children or anything like that because you're living and working to survive. Or especially in our community, you're living to, and working to survive. You don't got time to be thinking about how you're really attending, attentive to your child's need in the healthiest way. So luckily, we're in a better space to where you can actually focus on those things so that you can start raising mentally healthier children so that they're not moving through this world trying to figure it out like maybe you were trying to figure it out. But yeah, secure attachment is just healthy, balanced. You did, you know, the appropriate things that was supposed to be done as a parent in regard to probably setting up disciplines in the appropriate manner where it's like, okay, you can get ice cream, but only after you eat your dinner. And the reason why is because you have to get the, the appropriate nutrients first, and then you can have a little, you know, cherry on top you know, things of that nature, or maybe you take away the phone until the homework is done. You explain that because you have to get the more serious things done first before you start doing the luck, 
the luxury or lavish things, you know, just explanations behind why you're doing things instead of just doing it just to do it. I would imagine that's how you get those secure attachments is actually being present emotionally, explaining things, you know, catering to the child's needs and things of that nature. But yeah, so that's episode three. <laughs> and again, like for me, the attack that well, the anxious attachment, when I found out that I was there, it it blew my mind. But when I was reading through it, it's just like, okay, it makes sense. Because even outside of my mom and how she would have showed up for me emotionally, my dad, the motherfucker was dead, didn't he wonder? Then he'll randomly pop up, then he'll leave. Then he'll randomly pop up, then he'll leave. So it's like every, every, both of them have always been very inconsistent in my life. And it makes sense why I'd be all over the place. But I've noticed that I'm more so all over the place when it comes to the men is because that has the biggest inconsistency in my life versus the women's side of things. So like friends or, you know, any girlfriends, I don't necessarily feel anxious super anxious when it comes to them for me i think about it two seconds it is what it is and let it go just because i've had more of a secure attachment just a little bit to my mom but it's still that anxious stuff there it's just not as bad as my dad so with guys i'm overly anxious like my mind is always on go and it's like now that i'm aware i'm learning to slow down put my foot on the brake instead of the gas and start to think about stuff like, yo, maybe the reason why they didn't text you back is because they have a life <laughs> or they're busy. But now I have communicated. Like, if you're busy, let me know. If, if you can't talk, let me know. It's two seconds. And if that two seconds is not if it's not worth your time, you're not worth my time either because that's going to be the best way for me to move forward is letting you know that that's a boundary of mine. Like that no communicating at all is a uh-uh. Don't look at my shit and ignore it. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> don't, don't do that. And we're not accepting that. 2023 moving forward, we're not accepting none of that shit. You see my shit, you either say you're busy or you respond, but you got to say something or you can't deal with me because I'm not built like that to where I, I'm just my mind going to be OK. No, it's not going to be OK. But in learning myself and knowing what I needed at my table, I can establish those boundaries so I can move forward. But yeah, that's just a little bit on me. I just be wanting to give y'all a piece of me, too. I don't want to just be talking on shit and not letting y'all know how I connect with this stuff because Child, when I tell you, I've been learning so much about me, which is why I kind of wanted to do this podcast, because not only can I talk on topics, I can also talk about how they've showed up in my life and what I was able to learn from them. And I really hope that that's what y'all take and do with it, too, is like when I put it out to y'all, y'all could be like, damn, this is how this showed up in my life. And it made sense. Like, this makes sense. Why I'm this way, like. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and then you, again, when you learn yourself and you know what you need at your table, you can move through life very confidently. So that's what I'm just trying to do is just give y'all ways in which you can show up for yourself and then show up in this world. And so, yeah, this is going to be episode three.
attachment styles. Of course, I kind of move through them real fast. And if you want me to kind of just focus on one at a time type of thing, let me know. But if you enjoyed the video, let me know. And <laughs> if you have different ways that you have coped or if you've learned your attachment style and how you go about setting up yourself moving throughout the world, then definitely leave a comment and things of that nature. Because, you, again, you never know who you may be helping or if somebody's just like you and they might have not even thought about that because maybe you went to therapy and they didn't. So that's the thing is talk your shit on whatever you have learned about yourself, about a situation and pass that ener energy, <laughs> pass that uh, information along because you never know who you may be helping, saving, any of that. And that's kind of just what I want to do. So yeah, leave a comment, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. <laughs> Tune in. <laughs> but yeah, this is Talk Your Shit with Deja, where we drop the I, because not only can I talk my shit, but I want you to talk your shit too. Um, and yeah, I'll see y'all next Wednesday. New topic, 7 o'clock. What's up? <laughs> but yeah, you guys have a great rest of your night, or a great rest of your day, or Whenever you're watching this, just have a great rest of it, you know? Bye-bye. <laughs>